Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for listening today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We recap the past couple days of results and headlines before diving into today's betting slate, and we cap things off with our daily betting card. Now, we are recording here on Tuesday night, so if you're listening this morning, we really appreciate you. We are, however, waiting on a couple of game results, so we're going to mention a couple of those games throughout. Hopefully, the results hold up as they are now, but we have plenty of talk to to talk about today, and so let's get right into it, and let's start out with that. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so, and if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, Contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. Bets have not been going great the past couple of days. So we went 1-3 and three on Monday, not our best. And then today, technically yesterday, we went 2-3-1. and one. And honestly, we would have had a little bit of profit, but... The Texas Rangers in the eighth inning gave up six runs. That was our max play of the day. So they lose seven to six. I got to play the video because of it. You're not an intellectual. You're a fake and a fraud. Definitely hurt my feelings. Texas are on my no bet list until further notice. Need them to get back into my good graces before I'm willing to put them out as show plays. Now let's chat about the NBA playoffs. Because we had some great games over the last number of days. We're going to start in the East. And that Atlanta and Boston game. Now, very close game. Comes down to the wire. And Trey Young, he was him in this game. He was spectacular. 38-13. and 13. The Hawks outscored the Celtics 37-25 to 25 in the fourth quarter. So they make a major comeback. They push this series to a sixth game. John Collins was huge. There was no DeJounte Murray in this game. And he delivered with 22 points. So we finally got some help to Trey in this series. Now Tatum, he had a bad shooting tonight. Jalen Brown was great. But I figured this series would be over by now. So the fact that we're even going to a six game is very surprising. And they're heading to Atlanta for this game. So if they're able to pull it out, anything can happen in a game seven. And I'm really excited for this series. Now, the day prior, Miami won game four. Thanks to Jimmy Butler. It was the Miami Butlers that night. 56-9-2 in a road win. They outscored the Bucs 41-25 in the fourth to take the game. Now, Giannis had a triple-double. He played great. 
Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, they didn't deliver, especially on the defensive end. Butler, he just went off on one of the best defenses in the NBA. He legitimately willed them to victory. Mad respect to Jimmy Butler for such a great performance. And now they're up 3-1 to one on a team that they were very heavy underdogs going up against in this series. I know Giannis missed a game or two, but it doesn't matter. They're up 3-1. to one. They've got a chance to win it in Milwaukee uh, on Wednesday. Now, West-wise, the Lakers, they went up 3-1 to one on Memphis thanks to their overtime victory. LeBron down the stretch had a clutch bucket, and then in overtime as well, he was phenomenal. Anthony Davis didn't have his best stuff. He did have a double-double, but he struggled from the field. But this is why the Lakers' deadline was so crucial, because Vanderbilt delivered with 16, Russell had 17, Austin Reeves, 23. And so they were able to deliver and get LeBron some help. Now Memphis, they got to go back home, hopefully win game five in order to stretch it back to LA for a sixth game. Dylan Brooks has been awful since he opened his mouth. Jaw has been okay. He was not great in game four. And then Desmond Bain went off. So they need a complete team performance. They are favorites for this game on Wednesday. Now, as we record right now, Phoenix and the Clippers, Phoenix are up eight points in the third quarter. So they could have an opportunity to close out that series today. If not, I'm really not that worried about Phoenix winning this series. Once Kawhi Leonard went down, as we've said on this show, it felt like the series was over. And so regardless, I think Phoenix is going to be advancing. But a game that just concluded was Minnesota and Denver. Denver pulls it out 112 to 109. Nikola Jokic, 28, 17, and 12. He was phenomenal in this game. Anthony Edwards really tried to will Minnesota to a victory. He had 29, 8, and 7, but it wasn't enough. Jamal Murray had 35. He continues to be a great playoff performer. He's not an all-star, has not been an all-star. But regardless, he has been phenomenal in this playoff run for the Nuggets. Minnesota, I don't know where they go from here. I do think that there is another level to Ant-Man's game. I do think that he has MVP-type potential down the road. But in order to get there, they got to figure out what this situation with Gobert and Towns is. Can they play them together? If not, do they have to move one of these guys? I don't know how you move Gobert, given his contract and everything you gave up. But Minnesota's got to make a decision this offseason of whether they're going to run it back with this group, maybe try and add some more pieces, some more shooting to make this work or whether they're going to go and rebuild this thing a bit around Ant-Man. Now, NHL playoffs-wise, it's been incredible. As always, the NHL playoffs has been great. Toronto's overtime comeback victory over Tampa was one of the highlights of the postseason so far. I'm not a Leafs fan. My dad's a Leafs fan. But with Detroit out, I am hopeful that they at least get out of the first round. And they're one win away from doing so. They haven't been out of the first round in over a decade. They were down 4-1, to one, looked dead to rights. Looked like they were heading back to Toronto, all tied up two to two. But they get two goals from Matthews in the third. Riley adds one as well, and then Kerfoot with a winner off a tip in overtime. And so I'm almost happy for Leafs fans. Now, if they go much further than that, I'll never hear the end of it. But regardless, we did pick them to head to the Stanley Cup Finals on this show. So to see Toronto up three to one, they've got a great opportunity to get out of the first round. New Jersey and the Rangers, they're tied two two. The home team has yet to win a game in this series. Now, the Rangers last postseason, they did a great job of going on the road and picking up wins, and they didn't deliver at home. And so this is where this matchup was interesting to me because the Devils were one of the best regular season teams. And since they've made this switch to Schmidt, he's only given up two goals in the last two games. They won 3-1 to in game four. 
And so Shesterkin's going to need to step his game up because it feels like in this series, if you give up more than three goals, then you're dead to right. So I do think that this is going to be an exciting series. I think it goes seven. I do think that the Rangers have the potential to go and win in New Jersey. Maybe New Jersey wins in New York, and then it's all for the taking in a game seven. But it's been a great series nonetheless. Carolina and the Islanders, uh, I'll stay alive. They were down three to one in the series. Now it's three to two. And they got outplayed in this game. 36 to 22 were the shots for Carolina. Sorokin showed up in a big way in this game. And honestly, one of the keys to this game was the called that goal in the first period. It was due to an offside. Glad that the refs caught it because it was a blatant offside. Now, Nelson and Barzell, they stepped up in a big way for the Islanders. But they got to head home. They got to take care of business. And then once again, anything can happen in a game seven. A game that was not close, Dallas and Minnesota. And Felino getting tossed out was not ideal early on for Minnesota, and it felt like it rattled them. Ottinger, he delivers with a shutout in this game. They win four to nothing. But Minnesota outshot them. They outhit them. They just couldn't get anything past the guy. I still believe this is a seven-gamer as well. This is why I love the NHL playoffs because it's the first round and we have so many seven-gamers. But I do think that that's still going to be a reality. I think they can go into Minnesota, pick up their win, and then it's all for the taking in Dallas. Seattle and Colorado has been another great series. 3-2 to two OT winner for Seattle to make it 2-2. Two to two. Rantanen scored twice in the third. He did everything that he could to deliver another away win. But they were just too much. Now, I still don't believe in the Kraken long-term, mostly because of Grubauer. I also didn't believe in Colorado long-term because of Georgiev. But I will say that no Kale McCarr for Game 5. I feel like the suspension was maybe a bit harsh. But nonetheless, he's not going to be there for Game 5. And so Seattle, one of the best road teams in the league, has a chance to deliver once again, send it back to Seattle with a chance to send the Cup champs home early. Vegas, they're going to be sending Winnipeg home early. They're up 3-1 to one now. They won 4-2. to two. The loss of Morrissey is just too big for Winnipeg in this series. And so I believe Vegas is going to go and close it out in five. And then Edmonton and the Kings, as we are recording right now, it is five to two Edmonton. So we're expecting this one, <laughs> as I say that, six to three Edmonton. So they're up three goals with 10 minutes to go in the third, anticipating that they're going to close it out. They'll go up three to two. And then we're going to be talking about, can the Kings ex extend this to seven? We saw a seven gamer in this series last year. And so I think we could see it once again. EPL-wise, great Tuesday of games. Wolves took care of Palace 2-0. Palace did outplay them the majority of the game, but an early own goal and then a late goal as well means that Wolves takes care of business. This was one of our bets that it wasn't a winner, but it definitely pushed. We did have over two in this game, so 2-0. Wasn't too sad to see that happen. Villa took care of business at home against Fulham. Really debated playing both teams to score or Villa money line, and I stayed away. Glad that I did because I was more so leaning the both teams to score. And then Leeds and Leicester tied one to one, and honestly, might be best case scenario for both teams because they just need to pick up points. They are hovering right on that bubble as far as relegation goes. They're 16th and 17th in the standings. What this means now is they are a full point clear of Everton, Leicester is, and Leeds is two point clear. But Everton has a game in hand, so we're going to have to keep an eye on how Everton's game goes over the next couple of days. And then to cap it off, I wanted to chat a little bit of NFL because there was some major news. We'll start with the Justin Jefferson one. He exercised his fifth-year option. 
this should be no surprise. Minnesota is a team that had a great year last year. It didn't end well as far as playoffs go, but they did end up winning the division. Kirk Cousins played well last year, although we're hearing rumors that NFL draft time, they may be looking at taking a quarterback to sit behind Kirk for a year. And so Justin Jefferson, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. And so to keep him is of the utmost importance. Now Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. My wife's a Packers fan. She was incredibly sad to see that he is going to the Jets. But what they had to give up was very interesting. So the Packers, they get the 13th pick this year, which is essentially a two-pick swap, uh, two positions, that is. A second rounder, a conditional second in 24. That could become a first if Rodgers plays 65% of snaps next season. The Jets get Rodgers the 15th pick this year and a fifth rounder as well. So really we're talking about Rodgers being given up for a second and maybe an additional first, which I get it. He's on the back nine of his career. Clearly he's going to be 40 this year. He doesn't have a long left. He's probably on the 17th hole. Forget the back nine. But I do feel like they could have got a little bit more and they had no real leverage in this trade. It was very clear that the Jets were the front runners and we've been talking about him becoming a Jets player for two months now. Now, what does this mean for the Jets? They already have a tough schedule this year. They got to go up against their own division, which is no easy task. You get the AFC West, who has two, maybe three playoff teams in there, and then the NFC East as well. So a bit of a tougher schedule for the Jets. Rodgers is switching to number eight. I would take the over on their win total, but I don't know how by how much more. I think it could be nine, maybe 10 wins this year. Best case scenario, 11. So the Jets are definitely going to be a team that you're going to want to keep an eye on throughout the year. And so with that, let's head over to our daily game slate. Let's chat about the games that are coming up on this Wednesday morning. And so with that, let's play the video. So we're going to focus on the EPL side of things to start because there is four games happening and the, one of them is the biggest match of the year. But before we get to that one, let's chat Nottingham and Brighton. Nottingham is plus 500 against Brighton at minus 172. Brighton sitting eighth in the table and Nottingham are 19th. Now that being said, Nottingham may be 19th, but a victory here would go a long way in keeping them out of the relegation zone. They would actually leapfrog leads uh, if they were to do so in this game. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Brighton are a pretty solid side, but this is a bad betting spot because Brighton, you don't want to go and bet them on a multi-goal spread, especially not on the road. But Forest, you maybe just play the money line, sprinkle a half unit on it because you're getting plus 500 in a do or die game. But I'm not betting it personally. I would stay away. If you do want to chase that, that big win, then go for it with the plus 500. But you're betting on 19th to get three points. And when we're talking about a team that has six wins in 32 games, you're, the odds are not in your favor there. West Ham are plus 300 against Liverpool, who are minus 108. West Ham, they're above relegation. They, they won't be heading down, uh, but they're taking on seventh place Liverpool, who are only four points back of the fifth spot. And they've got a couple games in hand on some of those teams. So I'm interested in this one. It is very surprising to me that Liverpool even has a chance at a European spot, especially how they started the year. But I do like Liverpool here today on the road. I think there's some great value there. Chelsea minus 130 against Brentford at plus 375. 
I have no idea how you bet Chelsea here. Uh, they're 11th in the table. I know they're at Stamford Bridge, but they haven't won a league game in their last five. In all competitions, they've lost five of their last six. So again, Brentford, it's intriguing because it's plus 375, but I don't know if I could take the outright win. I would maybe look at a draw no bet with Brentford if you're doing anything here today, but Chelsea certainly are not in form. No Mason Mount for the rest of the year either, or Reese James. So they're going to be pretty hobbled and they're going to have an inter-manager as well. But the game of the day, Manchester City are minus 173, taking on Arsenal at plus 433. And this feels like this is the title. This is going to be very dependent on this result. An Arsenal win, they go eight points clear. City will have two games in hand, but that means best case scenario, they're trailing by two. A City win at home means they're only two points back with two games in hand, which feels like a spot where Man City then goes and wins the title. If I'm Arsenal, I'm hoping for a draw here. At plus 433, an outright money line victory may be out of the question. But if you scratch out a point here and you're five points clear, yes, City have a couple games in hand, then it's all there for the taking. It means that we're going to have another five games left for Arsenal in order to win the title. You take all points from those and you'll be champions. But this is going to be a crucial game. It's one that you're going to want to have on your television set. It was a great matchup the last time these two match squared off as well. And so it's a must watch for me on the schedule. NBA playoffs wise. So we've got, it says two games. It's actually four games tonight as far as NBA goes. Um, and there's some interesting ones on the slate here. We got Knicks and Cavs to open it up. Cavs are minus five and a half, but they've looked dead in the water. So I'm going to see a lot of Knicks tickets tomorrow at plus five and a half because we haven't seen Cleveland's bench do anything. Mitchell has struggled at times. And so have other players in this series for Cleveland at times, especially their bigs. I will say that much, but it is a situation where I think if I actually wanted to bet anything here, I'm probably betting Donovan Mitchell's points over. And it's because he struggled last game. He knows that it's on him in order to get this done. People have been saying, well, is this Garland's team? It feels like it is at times, but Mitchell was the best player throughout the regular season. So I anticipate he's going to go for 35 plus, maybe maybe even drop 40 in this game. He's going to do everything that he can to extend it. I just don't know at minus five and a half if I want to play that one. I do th- hope that this goes to seven and the Knicks win in seven because we got that future bet, but I digress. Now, Lakers and Memphis. Memphis are minus four and a half, as I mentioned earlier. Lakers with a chance to close it out here, but Memphis are home favorites, and I do think that this series is destined to go longer than five games. It feels like it's been going on for an eternity, and I think it largely has to do with Dylan Brooks because that's all that we hear about on the morning shows is Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks. So I do think that Memphis are going to figure out a way to win this game. Jaw needs to step up. So does Bain, and so do a lot of these role guys as well. It's going to take a complete team effort, and it's because the Lakers have been getting complete team efforts And that's why they're leading this series. And so while the Lakers may be my team, I do think that the Grizzlies are the bet tonight if you're looking to play anything. And then we got the Bucs minus 10 and a half at home against the Heat. And I don't know how you play the Bucs at this number. I really don't. I know that they blew them out. They're one victory this series. But I tweeted Bucs in seven, and I think that they are going to win the game. But I was hoping to see this line closer to minus six and a half, minus seven and a half. And so I may wait on this one. Hopefully it comes down a bit. A lot of people may bet Miami and that brings that line down. But I think Butler would have to be special once again to win this one here. 
I do think that they have the potential to go home and win in Miami, but without Tyler Hero and, and with a pretty banged up team, I just don't see a scenario where they win on the road here today. And then Golden State and Sacramento, Golden State's minus one and a half. De'Aaron Fox, we found out he's got a broken finger on his shooting hand, so he's going to try and go as far as how that's going to impact his play. Fox probably isn't going to be shooting a lot, but he'll be trying to drive. Warriors are horrendous on the road, so it's a tough play. It's a tough one to really want to side with. Sacramento had a shot to be up 3-1 to one and missed, so I expect a lot of Warriors tickets here once again, especially given their history and knowing Fox's injury status, but I would probably hop on Golden State as well, if I'm being honest. I was kind of expecting, though, this line to be closer to minus 3.5 or minus 4, so to see almost a pick em concerns me a little bit, so I'm staying away from this one as far as a show play goes. NHL-wise, first game, to me, this is going to be an easy one to predict. Boston's minus 240 at home. They just took both in Florida, and now they have Allmark, who's been unstoppable at home in the regular season. You could play puck line at plus 112. You could play in regulation at minus 142. Either way, I think it's worth a couple units sprinkling on Boston here. Now, I will say teams that I thought were dead have figured out a way to win, but they're going up against a historic regular season team in Boston, this Panthers team is. And I just don't see a lot of fight left in them. So I do think Boston wins with relative ease at home. So that would be one of my locks of the day. Seattle and Colorado. As I said, no Kale McCarr here. We already know that there's no Landis Cog here. uh, No Nachushkin here. So a lot of guys missing for this Colorado team. And now you have to face one of the best road teams in the league this year. There's going to be a lot of cracking tickets, I'm sure. Um, I would bet them plus one and a half here just to be safe in case they push it to overtime. I would give the edge to a team like Colorado in overtime who just lost in overtime, funny enough. So I'm intrigued by this game. I probably will be asleep by the time they hit the third period because it is a bit of a later start and I'm an early riser, but I do think there's a ton of potential in that game for a lot of player props as well. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. We've already seen a six to four game in this series. And then plenty of MLB action, a couple of early ones that I'm going to keep an eye on. I'm going to look at Texas minus 130. It's not going to be a show play, but I'll monitor it. We've got Gray and Ashcroft on the mound, and I think that the Rangers, it's about time that they figure it out. And so I do like Gray today. I just won't be putting any show plays on that. And then Boston and Baltimore, it's essentially a pick but you've got Hook and Wells. I don't like either pitcher, so when I saw eight and a half as the over-under line, I do think there's a ton of value in that over, so I do like that play. But with that, we got to head over to our last call pick segment. This is where we give you our official betting plays for the day, but before we do, let's play the video. Alrighty, so Last Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products like their sweet tea vodka, their coconut vodka as well, and my wife loves the dill pickle vodka as well for her Caesars, so Appreciate Last Mountain Distillery. We have the shirt underneath the hoodie today, so we do have the gear on, but really appreciate their support. 
All right, so let's chat our three plays today. I think we've been getting a little bit cocky with our plays, as you can tell from the title of today's episode. We got pretty cocky. Uh, We've been playing a lot of plays, probably more than we're accustomed to. And now it's coming back to bite us. So we're tightening tightening the ranks today. And so let's start with Liverpool Moneyline. It's a one and a half unit play. Hard to believe this team's in a spot to potentially get into Europa. Champions League is basically out of the question, but at least they need European football with this group with Mo Salah and others. So a couple of wins in a row here that they get back into that position. Um, I think the motivation's definitely there. So I do like Liverpool Moneyline on the road. I like the Bruins in regulation. I would play the puck line as well. Wouldn't put a unit and a half, maybe just a half unit because it's plus money. But the Panthers are cooked and they lost both at home. Now they got to head to Boston where I think they're going to get slaughtered. Play lots of player props for Boston. I think there's going to be plenty of goals. Maybe look at a Pasternak goal, Marshawn goal, Hall goal, whatever you decide. I think there's going to be plenty in this game. And then we're going to cap it off with Brewers' first five minus a half versus the Tigers. It's my favorite play of the day. Brewer on a bit of a skid. They've lost three in a row, but I do think that they're a the much better team here. Peralta also has the major pitching edge over Lorenzen. And so I just think it's a good get right spot. It's a pretty early play as well. It's a wrap just after 2.30 Eastern time will be first pitch. So get that one out of the way early. But appreciate you all who listened to the show this morning. As I said, we're recording the night before. We'll see if Edmonton closes it out, see if Phoenix closes it out. But we got to play the video to get the vibes back on show track. Me show me the money! So let's get right back on track. Let's play some winners today. And we'll see you guys on Friday for the Competitive Hedge podcast. <laughs>